It's Thursday, March 4th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill with me today, wrapping up the week, Mr. Bill Mann. Good to see you. How are you, my friend? I'm good uh, because we got we have three stories that we're going to talk about, and any one of them could be our lead story, but I'm going to choose to start our conversation with Okta. Are you just is, pulling this one out of the bag? You're just, uh, we're randomly going. No, it's not random. It's okay. it's not random. I It's one of those things where, it's, you know, it's like, I want to say to the other two stories, you were really close. You were super close. You were almost the lead story, <laughs> as though that actually matters to right, anyone. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was a really hard decision. It was me. a really hard decision. For me. <laughs> um Okta is the cloud software business that lets office workers, including us at The Motley Fool, access all of their apps through a secure online service. And Okta is buying one of its rivals. Otho, is that how we're pronouncing it? It's A-U-T-H and then the, the number zero. I've only read it. And so right as we were getting ready to get on, I was about to like look up how they say, how they describe themselves. I think it's Auth0. Okay. Well, Why don't you say Auth O for the rest of the time, and I'll say Auth Zero for the rest of the time, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm I'm down with that. Okay. Um, because certainly deciding to name your company that and say no, this is how we're pronouncing it. That's a choice they can make. You deserve so what Octa, you get. Yeah. So Auth O is one of Okta's rivals, and Okta is buying them for six and a half billion dollars. This is an all stock deal, and apparently. Nobody outside of Okta's executive suite thinks this is a good deal at a good price because shares of Okta before the market opened were down more than 10%. It is it is rebounded. It's now down only about 3%. Um, it, you tell me, is, is the market getting this one wrong? Is this a good deal for Okta? Well, this has come alongside of Okta's earnings report. And Okta was a little bit light on growth from what was expected. They're growing at 30%. The thing that I would say about Okta is that it has definitely been a, a web security play, but it's also been very much a stay-at-home name. It is something that allows companies to allow their, you know, to allow their employees to access the network from you know from remotely so it's been a very big deal for for Okta over this last over over this last year the stock is traded as low as 88 bucks and as high as 280 dollars which usually tells me that the market really has no idea how to price Okta so Okta came out and they and, and they're buying Auth0 uh, for six and a half billion dollars Auth0 in July did a capital raise at 1.9 billion so this is a substantial premium to what professional investors have uh, have, have thought that all zero was worth within the with, within the time of the coronavirus. So pretty big. It's it's a pretty big premium, but I would say for to in defense of Okta, they are at a minimum taking out a reasonable competitor. It's a good competitor for them. I happen to think that this is a great transaction, a great buy for them. Is there any regulatory concern that Okta shareholders should have that this might not be allowed to happen? I don't think so. It, I mean, I guess it would depend on how you define web security. Web security is a really, really, really competitive field. So the fact that they are maybe the leading what you might call password locker or, you know, or, or internet access point 
provider. I don't I don't think that they're going to have much in the you know much much in the way of worries from from a competent regulator. Now maybe somebody might be you know, somebody might be angry about their passwords. Let's say I mean I, I spend a, a an unusual amount of time like hostile at passwords and you know double factors and things of that nature. So there might be someone who does who, who isn't all that happy, but I don't think it'll they have a problem. And for, you know, for all of the rise of Okta, uh, for, you know, all the growth the company has had, and, and this maybe goes, uh, you know, on the side of the ledger that says, no, this is going to get regulatory approval. Um, it's a $30 billion company. This is, this is not a $250 billion company taking out a, an up and coming rival. Um, so Okta, for all, you know, all the growth the company has experienced, it's not so big that no. um, I think this necessarily gets a, a lot of concern from regulators. No, and keep in mind for Okta that they are they're, they're still almost entirely corporate. Like it's they have corporate clients. It's not something that's a that's that that's generally speaking available to individuals to come. In. There's plenty, plenty, plenty of room uh, for other competitors or for Okta to become much more of a, of a monster than it is now. It is a company that I admire greatly. And if you really want to know more about about this deal and they're thinking about it, uh, Todd McKinnon, who's the CEO of Okta, put out a great blog post about it that described exactly their thinking. And, 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 and I think they overpaid, but I think that ultimately, if you have the opportunity to consolidate, and Okta's game is consolidation, you, it makes some sense. Square is getting a new board member because the digital payments company is buying a majority stake in Tidal, the streaming music company that is owned by Jay-Z. It is a cash and stock deal worth $300 million and Mr. Carter will be joining Square's board. Uh, shares of Square are down a little bit on this news, although, uh, you know, you mentioned the blog post from Todd McKinnon. Let me just read the statement that Jack Dorsey put out mm -hmm. on Twitter because um, he, he answered the very obvious question, why would a digital payments company <laughs> buy a music streaming company? And he wrote, it comes down to a simple idea, finding new ways for artists to support their work. New ideas are found at the intersections and we believe there's a compelling one between music and the economy. Making the economy work for artists is similar to what Square has done for sellers. Brilliant. I agree. <laughs> I, do, here, here's the thing. I don't know that I agree, but I do think Jack Dorsey, in his leadership of Square, has more than earned the benefit of the doubt to make this deal. Jack Dorsey, when it comes right down to it, Jack Dorsey is is near the top of the list of CEOs who really don't give a crap what you think, right? Like he is, he really is, he is a differentiated iconoclastic thinker. And one of the things that I, that, that, that makes no sense to me, but is in fact true, is that one of the Square properties, the Cash App has a massive audience in the African-American community. It's, it's, it's almost as if African-American community has, has centered around Cash App, uh, where, you know, where there's a lot more, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of other people are in, you know, use Venmo. So the fact that they're bringing in an icon, uh, you know, of, you know, of, of Jay-Z's, you know, of, of, 
of, of Jay-Z's, you know, really how, you know, how important he is. I think this is really meaningful for a lot of ways where Square is in some ways doubling down on natural um, advantages that it has within, with, w- w- within its client base. And, you know, and then also, you know, to, uh, to Jack's point, how they are thinking about, uh, you know, using uh, these sorts of things to compensate artists. I was thinking this morning of the, uh, you know, a lot of great Jay-Z lyrics, but um, one of them, certainly the most appropriate one for, for, for this deal is, uh, you know, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Yeah. And (laughs) worth pointing out, he bought title for $56 million and he's selling a majority stake for 300 million for more. In cash and stock <laughs> for a lot more and, and is holding and, on to some of it yeah right and this you know it, like it's I, i'm not a square shareholder i think i'd be more excited about the potential for him on the board of directors and how he can, you know and his you know helping jack Dor- dorsey with the you know the next decade of stewardship of this business than i am about this because unlike okta square actually is at the point where you know, I mean, it's a hundred billion dollar company. So, uh, look, a, a three hundred million dollar deal. Obviously, they want it to work. If it doesn't, and they have to write it down, yeah. they're big enough that they can do that without really breaking a sweat. And again, Dorsey, just look at the last five years of what this company has done under him. And you know what? If this is a total miss, he's more than earned that right. I agree. And Square and Title and Cash App all have an emotional resonance with people. They all have an emotional resonance. So the the thought of bringing in something else where you want to identify with one of their brands and have that brand uh, help stand up other parts of their business, I think it's I think it's a good deal. I really do. Shares of American Eagle Outfitters are hitting a two year high this morning after fourth quarter profits and revenue came in a little bit higher than expectations. They didn't really blow the doors off anyone, but but they were higher than expected. The Online sales helped to make up for what was happening, or rather, what was not happening in the stores. Uh, I, I was saying the, this to you um, earlier this morning. Like, is this? We've seen in the past ten years. We've seen every publicly traded apparel stock go on a hot streak mm-hmm. for three or four quarters. Mm-hmm. There are like nine to maybe 15 month periods where you can look at any, any one of them. List them out. Yes, Aero- including Abercrombie and Fitch. You yeah. can look at any one of them and say, yep. boy, that would have been a good short term time to own that stock. And that's what I thought of when I looked at this. This stock has now doubled over the past year. Is American Eagle actually turning their business around or is this unfortunately just another short term hot streak? I think that they're probably they are probably in better shape than you know. The, it, it remains to be seen, and I think you could say that about anything in the market. But if you think about it, Abercrombie and Fitch is no longer particularly relevant. Aeropostale doesn't exist anymore. The gap is you know is, is sort of trundling along. They really have survived in a market in which their 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 competitors have rendered themselves obsolete in some ways. So I'm not sure, like I am, you know, 
I am the worst person to ask about fashion risk. You know, it, it is so easy within within that industry to zig in which, you know, at a time in which tastes go the other direction. But it really is fascinating that what is what has generally been a mall based retailer as Arab, as uh, American Eagle is have has done as well as they have, I think. I think actually they finally have probably gotten smart about getting closer to the American university Eagles. They are yes. like, right. Like that big, that big brand, the U and making that much more of a close tie in. I'm kidding. They haven't done that. They should do that. Don't you think? Absolutely. They should, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, like we've seen, you know, we've seen this in athletic apparel. We've certainly seen this in, in straight up apparel, where some businesses are doing a better job of sort of walking that tightrope of up until this point, or certainly up until maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, we were all about the malls, all about getting out. And then it's, do we create our own stores? How much do we invest in online at the risk of upsetting the malls? base locations that we're depending on right now. Um, you know, again, over the last 12 months, American Eagle has done a really good job of this. I'm not rooting against them, but I, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm not seeing anything just yet that makes me say, oh, they've figured it out. Well, and I went back and looked, and so their their revenues over the last twelve months is about three point seven billion dollars. Their revenues in two thousand and six. We're about 3.3 billion. So they no. they haven't grown. They have not grown over an you know an extended an extensive period of time. That doesn't necessarily mean that they haven't figured things out. And it is a very different environment, and it will very much be a, a different environment as we begin to as we begin to come out from you know the Groundhog's Day of of the pandemic, you know, and 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 the shutdown. I suspect this is a company that's going to continue bumping along. It's not a stock that I'm particularly interested in, at least partially because, as I've said before, I tend to be wrong about about fashion companies, which is something that every investor should know about yourself, the types of things that you tend to be right about and that you tend to be wrong about. This very much is a bucket of wrong for me, but I'm glad to see that they're doing well. Today is National Bill Day because it is Bill Barker's birthday. That's and it is your birthday. So all thank day, you for, all day. Um, I, thank you for that. I want to give a shout out for everyone who has March birthdays, because a lot of you 11 monthers might not think about this, but March 2020 to have a birthday was terrible because everybody was terrified and everybody was paying attention to their own stuff. And nobody thought about our birthdays, not that birthdays later in the year were better, but people were thinking about it. So if you've got a March person in your life, really, really give them some thought this year. Give and I'll leave my email address in case you want to think about me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Chris. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a great day to have a birthday, you know, just prior to the, just prior to the big basketball tournament, things are starting to warm up here in this part of the United States of America. Uh, I do, I do love it. So thanks so much and happy birthday to Bill Barker. Indeed. Everybody should celebrate by um, drinking multiple cups of coffee and, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and, and going on some tangents. Not that this is great radio, but I'm currently holding up my two cups double of fisted. coffee. I'm double fisting coffee as we speak. 
As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.